horror, wine and crime family. How's it going? Hey, 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 creepies. Hey, y'all. Hey, hey, hey. <laughs> hey to y'all. Hey to y'all. How are you doing, Low? I'm good. Uh, we just got back from Charlotte's softball game, Holding Strong, 7-0, undefeated. Today was 15-0. and Yes. Victorian. Her team is so good. Uh, it's 78 outside. The sun is shining. It is high good vibes. Yes. Summer is coming. It's making me feel good. Yep. A couple weeks of school left. Yep. Breathe. Mm-hmm. It's almost done. Right. Summer. Right the finish line. You're right out there. And yeah, that vitamin D definitely makes a difference. How's your life going? Good. Same old, same old. Nothing really new to report. <laughs> Staying busy. But yeah, definitely enjoying the warmer weather for sure. Um, I haven't listened. I, oh, okay. This is the shout out to Dax that we're going to just do right now. Did you see, hi Dax. hi Dax, did you see who he just had on? I haven't because it's been a second, I'm not going to lie, since I've logged on because um, I've been busy with life. Yeah, other yeah. things, but I do plan on doing a catch up this week. Okay. I haven't listened to it yet, but I just saw that he posted it. You're not really going to care, but I really, my heart oh, is just so Pete excited. Davidson. No. The Jonas Brothers. Oh. <laughs> Jonas Brothers are on Deck Shepherd. Shia will be turning into that one. I love my Joe Bros, so I'm very excited to listen to that episode. <laughs> I'm not going to lie, I'm probably more happier that it ended up being Jonas Brothers than your Pete Davidson. Yeah, I would love for him to be on there too. Um, yeah, yeah Lo, guys, Lowe's not about. Pete Davidson. I know he's kind of died down. Like the whole hype around him has died down. But yeah, I don't know. He doesn't do it for low, which is like weird. <laughs> he's like back doing like Taco Bell commercials now. So he's probably making bank on those Taco Bell commercials, and he probably gets a shit ton of free Taco Bell too. <laughs> yeah, I guess it's worth it there. Yep. There you go. <laughs> But yeah, that that's my little um, excitement that I'm looking forward to. <laughs> okay. Um, hopefully, well, when you guys listen to this, it will be Memorial Day. So happy Memorial Day. Memorial Day. Or if you're listening to it afterwards, hopefully you had a good long weekend. Um, hopefully you got out there, did some stuff, or just chilled and relaxed and enjoyed some time off. I might not have listened to Dax, but I did watch... I want to dance with somebody. The Whitney Houston story. Oh, was it good? It was. I... I feel like the music, I mean, it was good, but I don't know, like, I feel like they tweaked it a little bit to, like, make it the singer's own, like, to... Okay. I don't know. There was something I couldn't quite put my finger on. Yeah. But I'm like, I wasn't, like... Like, the Elvis one, I was like, damn. You know right, what I mean? yeah. Like, he was Elvis. He I embodied thought. him, yes. yeah, for this sure. This one, I felt like, you know, she did good, and she had a great voice. Didn't really look like Whitney Houston to me. Like, okay. I feel like they didn't really... Yeah, match it up well there. But, I mean, I don't want to throw any 
shade at it because it was a good movie. It's worth watching. I think it's free on Peacock right now or Paramount. One of those stations, okay. Hulu, whatever. Um, so it's definitely worth watching. Yeah. I love Whitney Houston. I loved her music. I loved, I was so sad when she died. Um, definitely. Mic drop. <laughs> if you guys literally. heard that. <laughs> literally mic drop. That's um, funny. I definitely feel like she got robbed of her life. Thanks, Bobby. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, it's worth watching. I just felt like some things could have been a little bit more Whitney yeah which it should have been because you know it's all about her and I did like how they put in their um clippets from like the bodyguard part and you actually seen like Kevin Costner in it really from the bodyguard yeah okay yeah I'll have to check that out I I haven't oh I've been so behind on just like watching anything and it makes me sad. So when we get off air, we're going to make a plan for the movie that we want to watch. Yes. We'll make it mm-hmm. It's a good one. It's definitely a really good one. So I'm excited about that. Um, but yeah, any other any other updates we should go through? No, I think we're ready for you to just uh, smack us with the crime. All right. All right. I will <laughs> smack you with the crime. <laughs> Today's story is going to be... Um, Probably a little bit of a shorter one, um, but still very interesting, of course. Now, I'm going to kind of start it off. I want to, like, embody um, Keith Morrison here in the beginning. Ooh, okay. <laughs> come on, baby. <laughs> like, I want to try, but I know I'm going to laugh. Oh, wait a second. You said Keith Morrison? Yeah. I, I, yeah, I, I did Jim. It's okay. (laughs) It's okay. You know, it still kind of worked. Oh my god! (laughs) No, that's amazing. It still worked. I like liked the response that I got when I said that. I was like, "Ooh, okay. I will let you fire." (laughs) Okay, our other Morrison that we like. Yeah, yeah. It's okay. There's multiple. One that's actually true crime related. (laughs) That's hilarious. Oh my god. Okay, continue. I'm an idiot. Oh, man. I don't know. All right. Let's see. <clears throat> Let me clear my throat. And take two. <laughs> yeah. I'm already failing. <laughs> California couple mysteriously disappears after crossing paths with strange guest house tenant. Before disappearing, John and Linda Sohus had lived on the same property as a mysterious tenant calling himself Christopher Chischester. But after the couple vanished in 1985, detective... Detectives would learn. <laughs> Fuck. Keith Morrison's in the safe. I know. I already messed it up. <laughs> Detectives would learn Chichester was not the man he claimed to be. Or was he? Or was he? <laughs> yes. <laughs> All right. That was my that was my effort, guys. I know I miserably failed, but well, not miserably, but he just doesn't drop that bombs. Yeah. Nobody can do it quite I'm like Keith Morrison. Anyway. <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> This is horror, wine, and crime. Horror, wine, and crime. We have no rules here. He might have swore on the Dax show. We'll have to go back and listen. Oh, you know what? He might have. Yeah, I couldn't really do the iconic voice. Um, but yeah, that was my little <laughs> intro there. Like, Keith Morrison. But yeah, so it took investigators nearly three decades, almost 30 years, to figure out this 
a mysterious disappearance of the California couple, John and Linda Sohas. Um, and, like, even to this day, there are a lot of, like, unanswered questions around what happened to them. Um, but, yeah, they vanished after telling friends that they were going on a trip to see about a secret job offer. Um, and now this information comes from Dateline, The Secrets Uncovered. But it's so funny, like, when they're talking about this secret job offer. If someone said that to me, I'd be like, so you're going to sell drugs? Like, what is, like, why Why is it secret? What's so, like, scandalous about it? They're either, like, selling drugs or, like, becoming pimps. <laughs> That's what my next thought was, are you soliciting something? Right, what's going on, guys? Um, so everybody knew John and Linda to be like really well suited for each other, really good couple. Um, they had a lot of common interests. They loved their sci-fi and fantasy stuff. Um, Linda was kind of more outgoing, um, and it complimented John's more quiet, kind of like kept to himself demeanor. So they like were like a, a pretty good fit. Now, John's childhood friend, whose name was Patrick Rayerman, he says that he certainly had the sense that they were soulmates. So the couple had not a ton of money on their own. Uh, They were beginning to build their new life in John's childhood San Marino home with his mother, uh, Didi Sohas, who (laughs) she was uh, known to kind of get her drink on and overindulge in the cocktails. I like her. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Our kind of woman. Um, But the arrangement was definitely difficult on Linda. Um, And Linda apparently told her close friend, Sue, she said, quote, his mom is a drunk and a smoker and I don't really like being around her and the smoke and everything. So I definitely feel like that could for sure put a strain on their relationship just like living with his mom and like her not living the same way that linda lives uh so i was thinking the same thing (laughs) listen linda Linda. (laughs) that's what you gotta do when you're saving some money but uh yeah linda described her mother-in-law as a quote poor old lady uh she also admitted to her friend sue that she just always tried to avoid his mom like at whatever cost possible she was like i don't vibe with her i'm just trying to stay in my lane do my own thing you know and get out of this house as fast as we can (laughs) so the home's spacious guest house uh it was like in the back and it could have been the perfect arrangement to give them as a new couple um you know it had a little space and privacy but It was already occupied. His mother had a tenant living there, and he, his name was Christopher Chichester. The last name is such a tongue twister to me. So Christopher claimed to be a baronet, um, a minor member of British royalty, and he said that he was in California to study theater at the University of Southern California. So they had some British royalty living up back there. 
I know. I'd be like, okay, I'm going to raise the rent now a little bit. <laughs> um, Christopher's friend, Dana Farrar, she recalled that he was a very interesting man to talk to and on a lot of different subjects also. He was very bright. Uh, he knew just like a lot of things and about a lot of things. He was witty. She says, you know, it was a lot of fun to hang out with him. Now, despite the close living quarters, friends said that John and Linda were enjoying their new married life and were planning to go with her friend Sue on a trip to a sci-fi convention in a new pickup truck that they had proudly just bought. But before the date of the convention approached, which this is in 1985, Sue said that Linda called and told her that the couple was going to New York because John had an interview with a government job. Um, They planned to return to California before the trip to the sci-fi convention, um, you know, to make sure that they were back in time because they were really excited about that. But uh, once they left for New York, they never came back. (laughs) And really sad, also, Linda had cats, and she had brought them to, like, a pet hotel, you know, um, to stay at while they were gone to go to New York for his job interview. But since they never came back, the cats were abandoned at a pet hotel, and, you know, Sue says that that obviously didn't seem right to her. She says her cats were the absolute loves of her life. And, you know, she says, obviously, like, it's weird anyways that they wouldn't return. But she knew for sure things were off when she didn't come back for her cats. You come back for your pets. For sure. Your poor cats. Can you imagine getting dropped off and, like, you never just see your owner again? I know. They probably just thought she just, like, let, let them go and, like, ditch them. That's so sad. Hopefully the cats found a nice new home to love them and take care of them so we're gonna leave it yes that's what i'm hoping so obviously sue was really concerned about the whole situation and she went to go talk to Dee, um the mother but you know Dee had a little too many cocktails that day she was a little intoxicated mm-hmm. and she insisted she's like they're fine they're going to paris <laughs> no i don't know if that was like part of the plan that was never said, but Dee Dee was convinced that they were in Paris, France. Um, and so to Sue, the explanation that Dee Dee gave her seemed really weird. And, you know, it still felt really off to her. So she decided to report John and Linda to police as missing persons. And San Marino police, they briefly investigated the report but they didn't have too much to go on, especially with, like, Dee Dee really insisting that her son and his new wife were on a secret job interview and, like, they were traveling all around and, like, they're fine, don't worry. It's a government job, so it's all secretive. <laughs> um, now, Los Angeles County Sheriff's Detective Dolores Scott, she says... I mean, she truly believed that he was off on a secret mission job, and that's what she had been told. So, kind of sketchiness there. It kind of makes you raise your eyebrows to, like, Linda and John being like, did they just make this story up? 
Like, what's going on here? So, the story about the couple's whereabouts even gained credibility after Kaufman and others received postcards from France that were handwritten by Linda. So, quote, kind of miss New York. Oops, but this can be lived with. John and Linda, the postcard that was sent to Sue, that's what that said. So, very random, but, you know, Sue was maybe kind of just like, okay, I guess that's what they're doing. I guess they're in France, you know? Like, what do you think when that happens? And this was the 80s. It's not like cell phones and, like, if they're in a different country, you know, it's not easy to get a hold of someone. Um, So they were a little bit, not really relieved, but, like, kind of like, okay, I guess they're fine. Um, But that feeling wouldn't last long because in July of 1985, Dee Dee was now super, like, panicked and frantic. She called police because Chichester, Christopher, the guy, you know, living in the house behind the little guest house that she had, he had suddenly moved out of the guest house without warning and... It turned out that he had been the one who was telling her about John's supposed secret job interview. And without him, she had no way to reach her son. So she was like panicked because she's thinking, how am I ever going to talk to my son again? Because he's moving out and he's my only line of communication. And it's the 80s. And it's the 80s. <laughs> so Detective Timothy Miley said she's just concerned that the only person she's been contacting them through was missing now too. Now, Dee Dee, sadly, she died a few years later without ever finding out what happened to her son. And then the case went cold for pretty much a decade until 1994 when the new homeowners of the Sohus residents they decided to put in a pool and while they were putting in this pool they made a disturbing uh discovery in the backyard i know they found as they were you know digging up the ground to put in this pool they found the remains of john sohus buried in the ground what yep A medical examiner determined that he had suffered six stab wounds to the back and multiple blows to the head before his death. They also found traces of blood using a luminol test in the guest house, but they couldn't for sure determine at the time whether, you know, that was human or animal blood. They weren't exactly sure. (laughs) I guess would be human, just considering, but, you know. Um... And after making that disturbing discovery, investigators, they like searched every inch of the backyard, but they did not find any sign of Linda um, and she remains missing to this day. Which I just got to say, like, could you imagine? And I hate that this is like coming up now. I'm so sorry because like Lowe's about to put in a pool, but I'm just like, could you imagine like digging up your yard you're so excited to like have a pool but then you find a dead body my confusion is though like she was living with them in the guest like living in the guest house the mother-in-law the mother 
No, they were all, all three of them. So the mother, Dee Dee, and then Linda and John were in the main house. And then the guest house, that was Christopher. Okay, but still even, like, how did nobody see a fresh, not see a fresh? Well, Dee Dee was pride drunk. Touche. <laughs> she was pride drunk. But I'm just saying, like, if, even if on my property, if Pat, like, killed me and buried me, and you would think... Like, if you came over here, you'd be like, that looks a little fresh. Ugh. Yeah, you'd think somebody would notice. Especially, like, if Sue went over there to, like, check. I mean, I don't know exactly how this house was set up. And if, if it had, like, a pretty decent-sized guest house in the back, I'm assuming it was a bigger house. So maybe the yard was really big, and it was just in an area that nobody really had their eye drawn to. Well, this was like year, like over a decade later when new people moved in after Dee Dee died. So the ground so might have looked, yeah. It just seems a lot of weird yellow tape. <laughs> weird, weird yellow tape, indeed. <laughs> indeed. Indeed. Okay, continue. On. <laughs> so yeah, Linda still missing. Um, and detectives set about trying to track down Christopher. You know, who is this guy? And, like, there's a body found here. He just mysteriously went missing when he was telling her that, you know, he was talking to him in France or whatever. So big red flags went up in their brain on Christopher. Um, and they learned that after leaving California, he had taken on a whole new identity and he was living in connecticut under the name christopher crow uh they also learned that he had been in possession of john and linda's new truck that they bought and that they loved so clearly uh christopher christopher shady and it makes me think that his real name because you know he goes under like these different aliases i feel like his real name is christopher because he just keeps the same first name (laughs) (laughs) so they discovered that his real name was not christopher it was christian so very close but christian carl now i this last name is insane gerharstreiter german i believe sounds like but yeah that was his real name and he was oh a German <laughs> a German national who had come to the United States years ago but he you know if you remember claimed to be British royalty which is just so funny to me <laughs> but before investigators were able to bring him in for questioning of course he disappears again of course of course so this time Christian selected a much more famous surname choosing to go by <laughs> Clark Rockefeller. So he claimed to be part of the wealthy American Rockefeller family, once led by patriarch and oil tycoon, obviously John D. Rockefeller. And he started a new life, woeing big money business consultant Sandra Boss with his impressive new identity. She later testified, I thought he was very intelligent and funny and quirky. 
The couple exchanged vows during an intimate ceremony in Nantucket and had a daughter together they affectionately called Snooks. <laughs> Don't you love nice. that? We always got to have, you know, love some sort all. of some sort of Jersey Shore reference in our episodes. Um but yeah, so she, could you imagine this lady thinks she's marrying a Rockefeller? <laughs> and it's just some psycho. Oh, you never know who to trust people. Scary. So, by the summer of 2008, their 12-year marriage sadly had fallen apart. And, you know, they were kind of going through the whole custody battle. And at this point, you know, obviously, Christian is still posing as Clark Rockefeller. But during this, like, crazy, heated custody battle that they were going through he kidnapped seven-year-old snooks his daughter and fled sparking a national manhunt for the father and daughter six days after they disappeared christian and his daughter were discovered but the time on the run also had another unintended consequence that kind of happened the national media attention and fbi's wanted posters caught the eye of a lot of people in california who obviously had once known christian to be christopher chichester and they realized hey this is the same guy that's his face this is the same man um so obviously then the murder case of John Sohus was quickly reopened. Um, Detective Miley says, we got a lot of phone calls. A lot of people who did not come forward in 1994 came forward in 2008. So there were some new pieces of information that we got as a result of the pu- publicity for you know him being missing with his daughter. However, even after his arrest in the custody case, uh, Christian was staying silent the whole time. He wasn't trying to give away any details at all. So when asked in a national television interview by Natalie Morales whether he killed John and Linda, Christian just responded by saying, quote, My entire life, I've always been a pathicist. I am a Quaker, and I believe in nonviolence, and I can fairly certainly say that I've never hurt anyone, he continued. To Detective Miley, the response seemed really odd, obviously, and seemed like the closest thing to a confession I had ever seen. (laughs) And authorities began building a circumstantial case against Christian. I mean, this guy obviously has identity issues. Like, he just likes to just, you know, first he's British royalty, then he's a Rockefeller, now he's a Quaker. Like, this man's lived many lives. (laughs) (laughs) So, Ferrara recalled attending a backyard trivial pursuit party on the property, um, back at the Sohus's property where the body was later found. And while he was at this party, bringing it back to kind of what you said, he noticed an area of the lawn that looked freshly dug up. Now, of course, he didn't tell anybody this until 2008. So it's like, my dude, your information skills are a little delayed, but that's okay, I guess. 
At least he said something at all. But um, she recalled that I said to him, you know, what's with your yard? What's happened to your yard? And he just said, well, I'm having plumbing problems. So I guess, you know, if someone said that, you really wouldn't think twice about it. You'd just be like, oh, okay. Um, Another neighbor testified that she remembered Christian then living as, you know, being Chichester. She remembers him burning something odd around the time of the murders. And also a church acquaintance reported lending him a chainsaw. So all these pieces are coming together. There was also, you know, if you remember the blood evidence in the guest house where they weren't sure if it was animal blood or human blood. Um, But there was the fact that John's head, it had been wrapped in bags from two university bookstores, one from USC and another from the University of Wisconsin at Milwaukee. And... Weird coincidence, but both were schools that Christian had attended. So if he really was trying to lead them to him, (laughs) he did a great job. Um, So his ex-wife also testified that during their marriage, Christian had refused to travel to either California or Connecticut. He did not want to go near either of those places. And now I'm sure it makes sense to her why he did not want to do that. Can't imagine. Can't imagine why. So during the trial, Christian's attorneys, they tried to point all the suspicion toward Linda, who, you know, she's still missing. So they're like referencing these, the postcards that she seemingly sent from France being like, she's still alive and her husband turns up dead. It's all really shady. So that's kind of the angle they were trying to uh, go for. And while investigators admitted that they looked into that possibility, they did not believe that the evidence pointed at all toward Linda as the killer. They're like, nah, we're pretty sure it's this Christian dude. Um, Detective Miley says, we just couldn't find anything sinister or any plausible reason why she would do this or that she had the means to disappear and just start an entirely new life. You know, because if you remember, they didn't have money of their own. So it's like, how is she going to like, how is she going to get a ticket to France? Um, Defense attorneys also pointed to the lack of physical evidence in the case and no apparent motive for Christian to want to kill John. But uh, a jury sided with prosecutors and took only a few hours to convict him of first degree murder which is really good because you know obviously he did it like it's like you just like know he did it but there wasn't a lot of like physical evidence or like things to back up that he did it which a lot of times in court like you need that evidence to like really prosecute someone so i'm glad that they did convict him um But yeah, he was sentenced to 27 years to life behind bars. Um, And yeah, finally, his days of switching his identity up and tricking people and killing people are over. (laughs) Over and long gone. Um, So yeah, I just think it's like interesting, you know, because obviously 
it's solved now, but not fully because it's like, where's Linda? I don't know if anybody will ever find out where she is or what happened to her. Or where her body is. Where, yeah, where her body is. Like, And like, why did he decide to kill at least John? Like, why did he decide to kill him? Like, Maybe he killed them both and just didn't bury them in the same spot. That's what I'm thinking. Like, so if remains should happen, it's only one. It's not two. Right. And also, if one is found... It still looks like she could have did it and took off. Yeah, exactly. That's what I'm thinking. Because, like, if they were such a amazing, happy, in-love couple, like everybody said, why would she just murder him? And then, like, also Christopher, or Christian had the truck. Like, it's just, like, too weird. It's like, yeah. he obviously did it. But I am, you know, sad that nobody still knows what happened to Linda. But yeah, uh, that came from Dateline and Oxygen, but hopefully one of these days, well, hopefully Linda turns up alive, but I don't see that happening. Yeah, I mean, it's always good to hope, but I don't feel on this one. Because I feel like if she was alive, she would have come forward now. Because he's in prison, so she's safe, he's not going to come after her, like... And, like, she won't get blamed for it because he's already in prison, guilty of it. I don't know. I just, I really don't think that she's alive, which is sad, but I I really don't think she is. Like you said, I think her body's somewhere else, and maybe one day they'll find it. That weird thing he was burning? Yeah, like, could have been. And he might have scattered her, like, bones or whatever was left of her, like, in random places, you know? So, not completely unsolved, but still kind of slightly unsolved. It's like a half-solved crime we got here. <laughs> um, now, I know this that story was a little bit shorter, um, so I thought I'd throw in some a couple of less classlesslier criminals stories to end on a lighter note. All right, <laughs> So these both come from Reader's Digest. Ooh. Ooh. <laughs> My grandpa used to keep those in the bathroom. Oh, that's where I got mine. <laughs> not from your grandpa's bathroom. That's not what I meant. <laughs> Good thing because he, he's been gone a while. <laughs> that wasn't your grandpa? <laughs> Whose bathroom was I in? <laughs> oh, my gosh. <laughs> So stupid. <laughs> That's funny. Um, well, this one is called Caught Caught. <laughs> so police in Osinning, New York, were called to a mini mart where they found a man named Blake Leak, who was 23 years old. He was trying to break into this mini mart. They chased him through the streets until both of the cops, I guess, they took a tumble. And seizing the opportunity, Blake sought refuge on the grounds of a large building. He thought, you know, I'm safe here. I- I'm I'm hiding out in this large building. <laughs> Little did Mr. Blake know the building was the Sing Sing Maximum Security Prison, <laughs> where he was then promptly grabbed by a guard. <laughs> <laughs> Big fail. I just think it's so funny that he thought that, like, 
he was like gonna get away with it you know what i mean like he's like yes i'm gonna hide out in this big building they're not gonna find me <laughs> it's like my dude how did you not realize you're at a maximum security prison i'd love to be the judge on right the stand when he has to face these people i know like it has to be like such a fun day for judges when they get these kinds of cases because it's just like <laughs> you're stupid <laughs> <laughs> All right, the next one is called the Telltale Trousers. So, when an attempted robbery at a Lowe's home improvement store went awry, Milton J. Hodges fled across the street and he jumped a fence. And when he jumped the fence, he realized it was right into the Cypress Cove nudist resort and spa. So, him being the only person wearing clothing there he was pretty easily spotted by police and caught immediately (laughs) which is so hilarious because i just think both these are kind of similar they both thought that they were like yes i'm getting away and then it was like nah no you're not you're not everybody's naked except you so you're pretty easy to see (laughs) could you imagine by the way jumping a fence and then you're just like in a nudist resort i would be so like shook i wouldn't even like know what to think i'd be so startled (laughs) but yeah those were our uh two little classlessly or criminal blips to uh (laughs) to share with you tonight well thank you crystal yes giving us the the laughter at the end ending it on the on the funny high note (laughs) Well, the story this week, at least it, I mean, it was still like, I mean, someone was murdered, so that's sad, but it was lighter than some of the ones we've been coming up oh, with. Oh, yeah. Yeah, 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 for sure. So, gotta sprinkle in some uh, less intense ones here and there. <laughs> I hear ya, I hear ya. Get some variety. But yeah, um, that that wraps up tonight's episode. Make sure you stay tuned. Come back for next week. Um, Hopefully you guys are enjoying your Memorial Day and the rest of your week. And yeah, we'll catch you next week with another episode. So yeah, you better stay creepy. Yeah. Yeah. Or or else. (laughs) It sounded threatening, Lo. You're like, you better stay creepy. Stay creepy or get gone, bitches. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah, you know the only two people that listen to her are our mamas. You just said that too. Everyone except our moms. <laughs> that message was for. So my mom is like 10 million episodes behind, so she won't even hear this for another like five years. <laughs> oh, you're good. By then you'll have grandbabies and she won't be mad. Yeah. She wants to see the grandbabies. Exactly. She'll be over it. <laughs> She'll forgive me. As like a time expiration point. Yeah, because once you have a baby, parents don't want to see you. They just want the grandbaby. Man, that's so sad. I'm going to be like, Mom, don't you care about me anymore? You don't you... stop over one night and we're like, hey. And they're like, hey, we're Charlotte. <laughs> oh, she has something to do. Oh. <laughs> well, I guess I can just go. I mean. If you don't want to see me, it's fine. I guess no, I'll just. No, 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 I do. <laughs> Sorry, Mom, but we all know it's true. Dang, that's sad. It's all about the grandbabies now. That is sad. You lose your Christmas presents. You know, this whole 
having kid things it's (laughs) i'm rethinking it now like i need my mom's love and attention okay oh no you lose the love and attention and you lose your christmas presents yeah so like who needs kids (laughs) and then i have to buy christmas extra isn't even that great anymore yeah you know i'm really rethinking this whole thing (laughs) we'll see we'll see i don't know (laughs) sorry crystal's boo-boo bear if you wanted babies (laughs) You're going to have to deal with it. (laughs) But the boys are coming back and they got pizza with them on their way. So, yeah, stealing your line. We got to go. We got to go chow down on some pizza. I took your steak creepy better. We got to switch it up sometimes. Well, we're going to go smash some pizza, drink some wines. And have a good old time. And then, no, we will see you next week. And, yeah. Have a good one. Bye. Bye.